Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings today are from the New Revised Standard Version Bible, and we begin in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 15 through 19. People were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered them not to. But Jesus called for them and said, Let the children come to me, and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. Our next reading is from Ecclesiastes, chapter 7, verses 13 through 18. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful, and in the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other, so that mortals may not find out anything that comes after them. In my vain life, I have seen everything. There are righteous people who perish in their righteousness, and there are wicked people who prolong their life in their evil doing. Do not be too righteous, and do not act too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Do not be too wicked, and do not be a fool. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you should take hold of the one without letting go of the other, for the one who fears God shall succeed with both. Our final reading for today comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's work might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back, able to see. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this is a question that I think everyone gets at some point. And it is one of the more difficult questions to answer. You guys have not let me down on having some very tricky things that you'd like answers to. This question is often phrased as, why do bad things happen to good people? Now, this is another one of those questions that doesn't have a simple answer. Our approach to the question itself reveals something about us that we might not think about. I wanted to highlight that in our readings today because even just the way we word the question raises issues. You might be wondering what that is. The first issue to tackle is that we ask about things that happen to good people. This itself implies that good things are supposed to happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. But we run into a bit of a quandary here. 
because of the fact that it's very difficult to say that people are inherently good or inherently bad. That often when we talk about good people and bad people, it's the people we view as good and the people we view as bad. And we might set up some conditions for that. But we always have a certain amount of leeway that we give because we know that people aren't perfectly good. They're good enough. And the people who are bad are just bad enough. The reason I say this is that we often draw lines based on this without fully thinking through what it truly means. The readings I picked highlight some of the conundrum that we run into here. We begin to see this with our reading from Luke. In Luke, Jesus has asked a question. But the question is not our focus today. At least, not the answer. Which is why I left it out. It's the initial reply to the way this is worded. Because Jesus is addressed as good teacher. And Jesus says to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. Now we can take this the wrong way. Sometimes we can take it that we aren't good at all. And we get into that whole depraved humanity thing that I think is just something that people who need to feel guilty all the time cling to. That's not what Christ is saying here. It's that to call someone good would mean that there's no bad. And at least that's what I found to be the easiest way to phrase that. It hinges upon the fact that people have flaws. Those imperfections cause us to miss the mark, or the word that the Bible uses for missing the mark, sin. Part of what Jesus is laying down here is this idea that when we start thinking of people as good, in many ways we're ignoring the bad. Now the reason I address this as part of this particular question is that we often get it into our heads that good things should happen to good people and bad things should happen to bad people. But one of the things that we see in Ecclesiastes is that righteous people perish in their righteousness and wicked people live long in their wickedness. This speaks to the issue at hand that when we start classifying people as good and bad, it is a reflection of our own judgment based on what expectations we are willing to make and what exceptions we have. We do this all the time. Oh, he tries to cheat at golf, but he's a good person. Oh, she's always gossiping about people, but she's a good person. Oh, sometimes he shortchanges people, but he's a good person. Sometimes she cheats at cards, but she's still a good person. We make exceptions. And that's not wrong. It's good that we can see the good in people. But we have to recognize what we are doing. Because it means that there's people that because of some of their behaviors, we view them differently. We see some people as good 
ignoring their bad, and some people as bad ignoring their good. And something makes us think that maybe those bad people are worthy of having bad things happen to them, which isn't a very Christian thought. One of the things that we get with this is the concept of whether or not we expect good things to happen to good people and bad things to happen to bad people. Because we expect those things in life to happen as retribution or reward. But then we're reminded of the disciples asking Jesus about who sinned to make a man be born blind. Jesus' response, it was nobody's sin. It wasn't anything somebody did to cause it. Jesus' response rebukes the entire concept of his blindness being a result of somebody's failings. And then Christ goes on to note that he was born blind so that God's work could be revealed through him. And I don't see this as a statement that declares that this man was struck blind specifically for this purpose. But that the statement makes his blindness have purpose. It now serves a purpose through Christ. Jesus restores the man's sight, not because the man was good enough, but because Christ was revealing God's love. We hear more like this from Ecclesiastes, this time in thinking about our own lives. Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books of the Bible because of how uncomfortable it makes us. It challenges me whenever I read it, no matter how many times I read it. This time, it is the wisdom being handed down that can give us pause. Be joyful in days of prosperity and in adversity. Stop and reflect. Think about the fact that if God could make one, he could make the other. Because as mortals, we cannot fathom everything that happens in this life. It is beyond our understanding to grasp exactly how and why everything happens on a scale larger than our own lifetime, sometimes on a scale larger than now. So what's the advice of Ecclesiastes to deal with this fact that the good and bad things happen in life? The answer is to live life. Don't be too righteous and don't be too wise. Don't be too wicked and don't be a fool. Balance your life so that you can live the best life you can. Now, some people would read this as there being a certain amount of wickedness that we have to have. I understand the author's being poetic in balancing out our righteousness. One way to view this is this. We shouldn't be too righteous. because you'll set yourself up to fall. Don't be too wise, because you're going to overthink things. Don't fall back on wickedness just because it's easy. Don't be foolish just because you're trying to not be wise. Sometimes we can plan things out to the point that we have planned ourselves right out of doing anything. Sometimes we can overthink things to the point that we are stuck. Honestly, this question itself can cause that kind of obsession and overthinking. So how about we take the question apart? 
the first thing to do is to break it down and ask if we have phrased the question right in the first place. If the question is, why do bad things happen to good people, one might retort, show me these good people. One might also retort, why do you want good things only to happen to good people? If something good happened to someone who is bad, what if that made them change their ways and want to be a better person? What if that good thing is the thing that makes them change their heart and life and turn to Christ? Would we deny them that good? We might also reply, do we want bad things to happen to bad people? Is that out of our love and our forgiveness? So maybe we need to drop that part of the question. And the question then becomes, why do, thing, why do bad things happen? And an answer to that might be that good things and bad things both happen and oftentimes we can't tell them apart. What might be good for one person is bad for another. And what we might think of as bad at the time might look like something good down the road. We are trapped in our perspectives. So we're not very good judges of what's good and what's bad in the long run. At least when it comes to things that happen in our lives. And yes, I know there are events that it would be hard to argue one way or another on that. And I wouldn't. But I do want us to contemplate the fact that often we can think about something that was very difficult at one point, and we can look back and think about how maybe it was the best thing that could have happened. And I only say this because I think we are poor judges of what it is we need. Because so often we think of what we need in a moment and don't understand how it will play out in a lifetime. Difficulties may mold us and build us up to be better people. An injustice occurring to one person may cause them to rise up and inspire others to resist injustice and may create a movement. Making the world a better place in response. And maybe we can make purpose out of the difficulties that come in life, out of the bad things that happen that maybe ended up doing good. That means that we may need to strike the bad out of our question. And so now we have broken down the question even further. And the question now is, why do things happen? And for that, my answer would be, things happen because that's life. If nothing happened, there would be no life. Things happen because things were created. And we are still in God's creation playing itself out today for us here and now. Things happen and it is our task to live with them. I may not understand why everything happens. I may not even understand whether they're good or bad. But I do know this. 
In Christ I may do all the good that I can and repent for the wrongs that I do. And I can strive to be a better person every day. Sometimes recognizing that what I thought was good turned out to be more harmful than helpful. But in Christ I can always change. And that through any hardship, Christ will strengthen me. And I can thank God for every joy. And that even in adversity, I triumph in Christ. And so as things happen, we take them one by one, day by day, in the love that God gives us. Because in all things we are sustained by hope, and in all things we are loved. And in all things we are never alone. Because Christ is with us. And so, as things happen, let us rejoice always that we are always in our risen Savior, that we may face them, and that we may persevere in joy or in sorrow. We are in Christ. Amen.